Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. I'm Brian Ringer. I'm Robin D. You're listening to Radio TRO. TRO, your sport touring motorbike fix. We're an ever-developing online venue for motorcycle enthusiasts who enjoy responsibly spirited riding along routes less traveled. The Wizards of Twistery, the Magicians of Mappery, and your guides to many mysterious Maisie Mary Miles. If you're a lean angle crackhead, we're your dealers. How you been, man? Good. Good. What observations specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole have you observed this week, Brian? I have observed, well, two things. I have observed some blankety-blank spilled a whole container of drywall screws on the corner uh, not far from my house. And I just want to say, come on, dude, no. Um, yeah. You Use your words. Yeah. I, I don't want to use like dirty words, but those are the only ones that fit. Um, and the second thing I observed is how you don't see anybody, you don't see anybody uh, when it looks like there might be a cloud or a rain. You know, it's like you see bikes going around and so forth, and then they just disappear if there's any possible threat of rain. And it's like, you know, that you, you're you not going to die. <laughs> or Or at least that's not the plan, right? That's not the plan, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's always on the table, isn't it? But, uh, you, but yeah, uh, just, just people have this reluctance to get, uh, you know, spots on their chrome and so forth. And, um, yeah, I try to ride to work every day and it's mainly just to kind of keep sharp, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest. 
Like mm. it's not an exciting ride, but it's, it's, you know, it gets practice, you know, it's saddle time. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. A friend of mine said, uh, Don Barron, he's written for the site before he said this during an older version of the MSF curriculum to a class where he said, you know, to an older gentleman who kind of ribbed himself about being an older gentleman. And he said, you should be able to do anything you want well into your years, well into your years, so long as it's something you do regularly, frequently on the norm, right? Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Let's do the segments. I got them set up in a pretty good order now. So we start with the questions. And actually, this is something we forgot to do last time anyhow, and I should write into the outline. The topic, the name of this segment is stuff our listeners might ask if we had any listeners. If you have any questions for us, the email is podcast at tro.bike. That's podcast at tro.bike. And if you send us an email, it'll go to about 12 different people who will wonder what's going on and why it is they didn't get a chance to answer the question for you either. Brian, which one, what's the name of the person and what questions are they asking? Okay. Uh, the name of this person, let, let's call him, let's, let's call him Uncle Fester. And <laughs> could you say that any creepier? <laughs> tell me about your underwear. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you guys powder your giblets and all that? So, Fester, let's talk about underwear. Let's talk about sport touring underwear. Robin, what do you got? What what's what is on your butt when you're on the saddle? Well, assuming I haven't torn through it already, there was a company for a while there. I managed to make these things last for a good minute. Uniglo or Uniglo, U N I G L O, and they make a knee-length boxer brief. It is it dries really fast. So, I'll pack pretty much two of everything. One I wear, the other one's packed. Wherever I go, the destination, you know, once I get a shower and all that, the dirty underwear goes into a wash bag designed for washing laundry. And then the new stuff goes on for the night and into the next day. I think it's Uniglow and it is fast drying material. Yes, it's sturdy. Yes, it does what it's supposed to. But after you wash it, it's not like hanging up an animal skin underwear of some, you know, fur based variety that takes a month and a half to begin to steam away. You know what I mean? What about you, Brian? By the way, not an awkward topic at all. Thanks for this. Hey, you know, uh, motorcycling is one area where like men and women actually have noticed will frankly discuss matters of the body. You just have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hey, your hands look a little bigger than mine. How about how here, take these gloves. They're a little big on me, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, um, I'll talk about underwear now. What, and, and this is partially a mistake, but it's worked out really well. I went into, I don't know where I was, but anyway, I was looking, what I was looking for was bicycle shorts, uh, that didn't have like the bicycle diaper pad in it. You know how bicycle shorts, they have like a really thick pad because bicycles have those little horrible seats. If I wanted to be a piece of sporting equipment, I'd be a woman's bicycle seat. Yeah, anyway, so what I what I ended what I found in somewhere, I don't know where. Uh so I have like four pairs 
Uh, and they're basically like these Lycra or spandex bicycle shorts, except they don't have the pad in them. So they're just like tight shorts. And, you know, it's a glorious sight. And into these shorts, along my along with myself, um, I put a generous uh, helping of what I call giblet powder. Oh, you're talking about like monkey butt? Yeah, monkey butt's a good one. But I think the best one is uh, is Gold Bond. Now, you can get the Gold Bond Gold, um, which is great uh, and does a great job. Or you can get the Gold Bond uh, that's got menthol in it. It's like in a green container. Mm-hmm. And the the term I've heard for that is, is 1,000 elves. And the reason for that is that when you put that stuff on your giblets, you it feels like 1000 tiny elves are giving you a nice little massage it's very cool and 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 very much a tactile experience yeah man no comment <laughs> no comment no comment so anyway so yeah i i basically yeah normally i don't you know i'm i'm only can get away from work for 3 or 4 days so that that those four pairs cover that um four pairs and they work really well yeah so i got four pairs of these shorts um, now what I did, the mistake part came in because, uh, I was, I was checking the receipt later on, you know, balancing the old checking account. And, um, what I realized, these are actually women's shorts. I have still not found any such thing and anything, any similar thing made for actual men. So I'm not sure, but anyway, um, yeah, they work really well and they've been really durable. They're kind of thick. And uh, have pretty much staved off the monkey butt for many thousands of miles. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard mention that those products are out there. And I'm becoming more and more, well, old. So I think I'm coming of age with the need for that kind of thing, especially when you hit peak summer riding. Yeah. Yeah, keeps the uh, keeps the swamp at bay. And... That, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Tear it up, bike. Giblet powder. Two words. Giblet powder. <laughs> now we're on to the Maptastic Mayhem. I'm loading up RivalGPS.com. Logging in using my Gmail account. Clicking on Route Planner up top in the main navigation. You're chomping at the bit to see this amazing vision. I am chomping. Okay. Where are we starting today, uh, Uncle Robin? Today, Warm Springs, which in the last episode you asked where the Cold Springs, guess what? We might be staying at Cold Springs, Texas. That's right. Hot, cold, warm. So we want to look at terrain, and then I'm going to zoom in. Uh, I'm getting vertigo. Don't worry. We got this. We're going to start (laughs) the route. That is... Pretty gnarly, right? Yes. Yeah. Pretty pretty gnarly uh, little area of the country here. We arrive via 39. Which would make sense given you were in Parkersburg. You were coming in from the northwest and you were on 39. Yes. Anything directly east or directly west I think is fair game. I wouldn't mind getting a little bit of a peek at it to make sure I know what we already what we've already done that day. So I'm going to go to ridewithgps.com, and I'm going to, okay, there we go. Click on the routes. I'll load up the beast as they've heard it from one episode so far. 
the full perfected. And then when you leave Warm Springs, which way are you going? That's a perfectly fine question. Yeah. Here is Warm Springs. Okay, so you're going to go out. Got it. Definitely off of 39 coming into town from the northwest. And we don't do anything to the east. You talk about this. It looks like there's some good stuff in that area, but I don't know how far out I'm zoomed. Yeah. Brian, show me your ways. <laughs> now, one thing that's cool about this area is you can see, if you're looking at it on, on the topographic view, you know, off to the west, you've got the kind of the little, the little lumpy beachy stuff. Yeah. By topographic, it's the terrain map inside of Rywood GPS. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you select terrain and this is really like you can, you can, you can see what kind of experience you're going to have. You know, you can get a real sense of like, oh, okay, we're getting into some more dramatic terrain right here. And so you can see that there's, you know, it was just sort of like lumpy, 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 lumpy. And then now you're getting into some higher uh, ridges, you know, like, like most of the Appalachians, the ridges run like north, uh, northeast to southwest. So they're kind of on this diagonal. And so the roads that are going to be the most dramatic are the ones that are crossing all those ridges. Um, you know, the ridge like ruffles, you know, you're, you're, you're riding on a giant potato chips <laughs> and so the most, the best roads are going to, be, or a lot of the best roads are going to be the ones that are trying to get across those somehow, you know, because otherwise you get funneled into that diagonal down in the valleys and also in some of the ridge tops. Yeah. It looks like it might be high traffic, but I'm in, I'm looking at this, uh, just north of Warm Springs, Virginia, this US 250, which has some snarly snaggletooth in there. Now, that is a US route, which means, heck, it might even be truck friendly. I don't know. It may be high traffic, but it is staring us in the face as poorly managed hairline right there. Just, just nothing but curves. Yeah, nothing but curves. And it climbs over and over and over, you know, over and up and down, you know, a pretty good sized ridge system. You know, like normally you cross a ridge and you're done for a while. This just keeps going. So that could be a good goal, but how far away? The other thing is the scale. Like, how far away is that? <laughs> That's a good question. When I expand the elevation chart, I believe that's what will show me the size of a... No, it won't. Okay. I don't know what is a mile just yet. But the one thing we can do, what are your thoughts, given the situation on me taking this, uh, I don't know, about 220, more like this 92 over here through Dunmore? And then up to Hawthorne, all of this is due north, mm -hmm. to get to the top of this 250. If I do that... I'm loving it. That alone, well, it didn't want to do what I just wanted to do, but already, let's see where we're at here. That's 50 miles. That right there alone is 50 miles. Yeah, basically, you would end up with a route that's around 100 miles, you know, to get you back to... Uh, uh, there we go. That's 50 miles right there. So you were talking about going up to... yeah. Um, is there something better? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is to go back out 39, even though you're, you know, and then go up 92. Oh, I see you. All yeah. the way to the head of, all the way to Thornwood. So. This thing's jumpy with the zoom right now, so I'll, I'll just use the click box. Sorry about the uh, vertigo, as you called it. So we're talking about something like that. It's Lady Fork, and then take 60, do you want to take 219 up top or 66 over? 
You could, yeah, you could take 219 up top and then take 250 to Hightown and then 64 back. Hightown, where do we see that? What if I did the 660, uh, the 66 route? Because that looks filthy. Yeah. Let's see if it's actually paved. I'm vaguely trusting that the little guy here says it's paved. Let's find out. Loaded, and yeah, that's paved. Yeah. Thorny Flat Road, which is 66 through Green Bank, which is 92, over to 250. And I bet you if I just click right here, look at that. All right. That's already, you know, that, that's that's some miles right there. But you yeah. get to ride this 250 all the way to Monterey. And right. I get the feeling that's not, uh, you know, that's nothing to be angry about. And then you can just take 220 all the way back in as a cool down and call her good. I think so. What do you got there? 130 extra miles back to Dodge, which I think is, <laughs> that's acceptable. Uh, if it's a short day or if people just have, you know, if people are just those those types of riders that just eat miles for breakfast, then uh, yeah. I got no beef with this. I'll tell you what looks even better is that 678 there by Williamsville. Williamsville. If we just do this, that looks even better. Yeah. It's going to be similar mileage. And yeah, yeah it still leaves and, enough and distance to. Yeah. And it's not a U.S. route. And it's a numbered state route, so it'll be paved. Oh, yeah. So if we go back to Warm Springs here, I'll make the adjustments for the, the actual lodging. Let me make sure that this is, oh, what's this? Probably not paved. My trick with pavement is to grab the street view icon. Yeah. And if the, if the road lights up, it's probably paved, but then you really got to zoom in because... I'll tell you what, man, here in Idaho, they're not messing around. When they say U.S. highway or U.S. interstate, blah, 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 they might very well be talking about a freshly dug ditch. Yeah. Full-size semi-trucks driving down that thing. I think that, what do you got, 149 miles? <laughs> now It's 150 miles. Yeah, and the thing is, you could, you could, like, you could go up 92 here on this side and shave off some. Probably smart. Yeah. You ever get into that point where you're just like, but I don't want to look at that. But I don't want to. I don't want to. That's all. That's a, this is an awful feeling, but we're going to do it. I don't want to be prudent. (laughs) Let's see what, oh, well, you know, 92 looked better actually in that one little section. If we do that, we've knocked it down to 120 miles extra that you can just chomp on. And I like it. Should I save this one up? I think so. All right. You know what I'm going to do once these things get published? What are you going to do, Robin? Uh, we're 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 going to make these available on the podcast episode pages for people to download if they want to. I think so. Yeah. This is this will be good. We'll make them freebies, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the all the the listeners, the 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 teeming crowds of listeners are going to be are going to want to see what in the hell we're talking about. Absolutely. Or follow along at they can follow along at home on Google Maps or on uh Rightwood GPS. RightwoodGPS.com. I'll probably edit some of that out at some point. Let's see here. So what am I looking for? Oh, the names. Okay, 777 dash. There we go. Do you want to put together a second one that is not as long, but a nice scenic route? Because if you go south of Warm Springs, it looks pretty cool. And I think you could get back and... You mean Hot Springs? 
Yeah, yeah. If you go through, go south of Warm Springs into Hot Springs, and then you get into Boiling Springs. <laughs> no, um, there's actually Healing Springs down there. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I don't know. We can. I just don't really care about those people enough. I think. Yeah. It, let me. Like you could. What I was talking about is you could go down 220 and hang a right on 687. And okay, come back. you're making me do it. You're making me do it. So let me clear the map. We're doing it. So start in Hot Springs, and you want me to go where? Down to Warm Springs. Oh, Warm Springs. Warm Springs. Go down. Go down two twenty. Yep. And then you can see there's some tasty bits there. So keep going on two twenty to you see Clearwater Park, and hang it right on six eighty seven. Well, look at what it did. Look at what it did. It wanted to avoid all things good about this this uh, moment in motorcycling. Yeah, I mean, that's a U.S. route. That's going to be paved. I don't even need to look. I know it's paved. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then you're back up, and you're and you're going through this really cool valley, and there's, yeah. Just head on back from there through uh, 687? Yeah. Yeah. And what do we got? We got, what, 50, 60? We got about 60 miles, I bet. Uh, yeah, 40. Not yeah, even I mean, that, 50 maybe. Yeah, 50 miles. Yep, if that. I like it. So I should save this one as the bonus scenic, shouldn't I, already, right out the gates? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I like that idea, you know, where you've got a couple of like, okay, here's a couple of little bonus routes. You know, one of them's for you, you know, you slobbering maniacs, and then here's, you know, like, you know, our people. And then here's one, here's one if you're, you know, you know, like if your shrimp at at lunch is not sitting well with you, or your roller (laughs) dog wants out, or something like that. (laughs) Perfect. We have two now. Let me make sure I've got both of these stored. That marks this episode of Maptastic Mayhem, which, uh, Brian, did anything inspire you about that particular ride? <laughs> That's a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you need to do when you're riding in West Virginia is not, not think of that John Denver song. <laughs> We're not going to sing it. You don't want to be thinking, you know, uh, West Virginia Mountain Mama, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. So... Just just try to do that while you're in the mountains of West Virginia. It's impossible. Can't do it. Well, that's, but the, we're not in the mountains of West Virginia. We're in the mountains of Virginia. Oh, are we still in Virginia? Okay. I, I uh, believe so. I do know socially it is touch and go about that topic. If you talk to somebody from Virginia and you think on the in line with eh, Virginia, West Virginia, whatever, the Virginian they have a certain Southern sophistication that will eloquently destroy your commentary about anything involving them having anything to do with West Virginia whatsoever. So I stay away from that one. That's true. Good idea. And, and just to be fair, warm springs and hot springs are kind of just inside the border of Virginia. So uh, for much of, for much of the uh, first route, you're going to be in West Virginia and crossing into Virginia. So anyway, that makes sense. Hey, that brings us to Brian's tiny, tasty tool tips. Gather round, kids. Um, let's pick a random tiny, tasty tool tip here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine two today. One of them is uh, now everybody should have a human toolkit with them. You need to have 
a first aid kit or somebody does, you know, for oh, that's right. all the little Last stuff. Last week we were talking about comparison those. I forgot to bring mine in. I don't, I'll, I'll chime in a little bit here, but I forgot mine. No problem. Anyway, in my kit, I carry something I have not seen other people carry. And I think it's very important. And what you want are, are uh, you know, a, a several of those little disposable artificial tears uh, droppers. So you get you can get these little eyedroppers, and they're little tiny plastic eyedroppers. They got just a little bit of the artificial tears eyedrops, and carry like ten of them. Because when you're out riding, you're outside, you're in the air. There's things in the air. There's bugs, rocks, aliens. You know all kind of all that kind of stuff. And even you know even with helmets, you know things happen and get in people's eyes. So if you have, you can take like four or five of those little droppers and and flush that stuff out of someone's eye and it also helps soothe their eye and you know this this can literally be a lifesaver for someone i mean if you can't see you can't ride and that's that's horrifying that's pretty brilliant i like that so i don't see a lot of people having those and so you know go get some artificial tears you know it doesn't matter what brand or whatever uh Chuck, a, chuck some of them in your first aid kit. They're tiny, they're light, they don't take up any room, and you will find ways to use them. Someone will get a bug in the eye. And tiny tool tip number two, very tiny. Carry some Imodium. Need I say more? Imodium AD. Well, I forget what Imodium does. It regulates the human excretory system. Uh, so, <laughs> Anti-shit yourself? Pretty much, yeah. So if uh, if things are flowing too hard back there, Imodium helps slow the tide, and it works fast. <laughs> smart. No, I. That's still funny, yeah. but that's smart. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, nothing's more miserable than you know having you know having some issue with a, with a bad roller dog you got back in West Virginia, and it wants out. You know. Anyway. Um. You really bring the the charm to the Wednesday night episode. Do I need to literally draw a picture? No. <laughs> if anything starts to go awry, just take one and take another one. If it if it continues to and you know it'll 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 help the problem quite a bit. <clears throat> and we will <laughs> say no more. <laughs> nice. Very good. Now, not everybody remembers these timely tips. They're all important, but every now and then you're going to find yourself on planet that guy. We've all been that guy. We've all ridden with that guy. Let's talk about that guy. Oh, there's so many that guys to pick from. Um, I'm going to talk about that guy. Uh, This is a dual sport ride in the wilds of Tennessee, like very remote. Um, and some of it was actually some single track and, you know, just very remote and so forth. Anyway, that guy, uh, got a flat on his, uh, KLR and that happens. That doesn't make you that guy really. Um, and so, you know, we improvise, we get rocks together, we pile up sticks. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we build a primitive lathe, you know, we, anyway, we get the wheel off, uh, we get the tire off, um, and it's actually a pretty nice time because we're in the woods, we're in the shade, we've got a little bit of a breeze, uh, there's no dead animals around. So it's actually, you know, it's not bad as far as, you know, dealing with a tube tire goes, you know, and we had spare tubes and all that stuff. Anyway, 
So we get the tire off and we found the the object that punctured his tube was actually a broken off key, like like a key from someone's house. <laughs> what it was doing out there, I have no idea. So that's a whole topic right there, the things that can puncture a tire. I remember uh, our own Travis Burleson, he drove he rode his bike over a socket extension and not even a small one, like a I think it was a quarter inch and it became completely embedded like straight it was it was probably it was about three inches long though i think it was a quarter inch drive and the whole thing was flush with the socket connection and i was like what's on your tire man he's like what he he rolls up begins to tug on it and then and that's there goes our day nice (laughs) yeah and and yeah those those can be well here's here's the thing we found the key in the tire yeah we could uh, there was one time that we we pulled a, a rock out of it was just a rock, just a rock, a rock, yeah, a little stone, and <laughs> so we see this little thing peeking up, and I start pulling on it, and it comes out, and it's just a little rock, and I'm like, how the hell did this get in? You know, anyway, okay, so go back to the original of that guy. So we find the key uh we we get we have a new tube so that's good that makes life a lot easier than trying to patch it and we start putting things back together and something i don't want to claim any kind of divine intervention here but something tells me or at least it should be part of your habit when you're wrestling a tube tire but uh i took a rag you know i have my little you know your you know clean up your hands rag and i basically swiped it around the inside of the tire and I found a screw. So basically, this guy had two flats at once, or that guy, I mean, had two flats at once from yeah. a key and from a screw. And if you stop, so basically, just you, because you find a problem, make sure you've found all the problems is the lesson from that guy. So he's, he's like a two-wheeled maraca. Yeah. I don't know how... I to this day we don't know how it did that, but yeah, you always. So basically, you always run if you're dealing with a tube tire. You always run a rag around the inside and see if you can, you know, make sure there's nothing that's going to puncture your tube. And I guess that's why you do that because sometimes there is something else or you know totally unrelated. You know, so like someone was like they were going to Home Depot and they were taking the long way home. And their keys fell out and, you know, and then they lost a box. I don't know what happened. I don't know why that stuff was out there. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one that here is of that guy. The ride your own ride logic. The ride your own ride logic. I hope that I haven't already told this one, but I will say that if I have, it's still worth hearing again from a, a mental safety perspective. Sometimes you just run into somebody that you didn't know and then you do and you're like oh they're, they're gonna seem pretty cool maybe we'll go for a ride at some point and then you invite them and <laughs> they seem to think that there's some expectation of them to ride in a specific way or there's some specific expectation of how the amoeba that are multiple riders is going to go <laughs> The number of us gather on the day specified, and I say, yeah, we're going to ride up this way. And, you know, it's, this was a Chicago route, so it was specific to the Chicago land area north of. You know, when you get out into the burbs, if you stay by the lake, you might find some opportunities to have a little bit of fun, but nothing 
rural by any means. Right. I managed to devise this little route because when we were there, I needed something that I could enjoy on the regular. If I had uh, an hour and a half and I wanted to go exhaust myself on the bike, I, I would just be like, I'm going to go do the regular route. And that's actually on the website. I think I said uh, it's written as roll your own twisties. Finding a remote route with low enough traffic that you can at least enjoy being on the bike without any heavy duty downtown Gold Coast noise going on. Here we are at the start of this thing. We get on the bikes, we take off, and very early into the ride, we float around a corner. It's a blind corner. It's a residential blind corner. And I always run a delayed apex. So I float wide, I look into the curve, and I dip the bike in, and I begin to accelerate carefully because, like I said, this is residential territory. There, there are kids playing in the yards. I don't want to mess with that. Yeah, right. And I look in my right mirror and I see this blip, not turn, going full force. It took me a while to register. To this day, I don't understand why you would make that decision in a blind curve. But what I did see and my subconscious took note of was somebody's been watching too many Instagram videos. (laughs) Blasts through this corner right into somebody's yard, downs the bike, it end over ends. They were all right, but they're sitting there with this broken machine thinking, well, I don't understand what happened. Isn't that what we're doing? If anybody told you that's what we were doing, don't ride with those people. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go till someone crashes. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And if somebody didn't tell you that, don't pretend like Instagram is a resource to understand what's about to happen. There. Interesting. That's been weighing on me for quite some time. Feels really good to have gotten that out. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I could help extract this uh from you. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah, the that guy who does something stupid and you know, and and everybody's on a different or he's on a totally different page, totally different plane of reality. Um, yeah. Been there, done that. I'm adding to this to the outline. Fast without purpose blind curve crashing and then i'll strike through that one that way i'd hopefully i don't bring that one up again because it shouldn't have to plague me everywhere we go text strike through style 1993 very good yeah yeah and and we could talk separately about well and and there's really not much to say but the that guy who uses the whole road like not just the right (laughs) side (laughs) But the whole road is his playground, no matter where you're going. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing to see. It is. And I don't want to get into a rant. So there, you know, it's like that you, you are not on the same page. You're, you're <laughs> going to be that guy and I'm going to go ride somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want to do from here? Do you want to do another Maptastic Mayhem at a different location or? I think an excerpt from an article. I like that. That's actually not a bad idea. Like I could talk about the rules of passing from the sport touring article. I'll hang out for that. And then the other thing is, you know, we've got room to keep on coming up with more segments. I'm just going to start at the top. Okay, this week on Brian's Bloviating, we're going to start with a commandment one from my list of 10 commandments for the sport touring ride leader. And the first commandment is thou shalt stay the hell away from one another. 
This is the number one inviolable commandment. Space is life. When you're moving, give each other at least a school bus of space. Don't don't worry about the two second rule or whatever. You know, uh, think about it like a school bus. Everybody knows what a school bus looks like, right? Oh, now we're gonna debate because right there, it's like two seconds. The school bus gets bigger the faster you're going. True. Yeah, and we're talking a long school bus that your that your sister rode, not the short one you guys rode. Anyway. <laughs> So leave space around you so you can maneuver and do what you need to, so you can ride like you that. So only share lanes at stoplights. So like when you're stoplights, yeah, bunch up so you can get through the green, you know, when it turns. Uh, each rider needs enough room to maneuver instantly as needed in any direction without wasting any attention on other riders. You know, you an alligator jumps out at you, you got to react right then without having to think about the guy next to you. Ask us how we know. Yeah, I I'd swear I once saw a python, but it was a stick. Anyway, um, and so if you want to be close and you want to hold hands, you know, go ride a roller coaster or something. But if you want to ride motorcycles, get the hell away from each other. Give each other lots of space. And one important factor in this is you really need to keep the number of riders in your group to a minimum. Uh, Three to maybe five or six riders is ideal. um, And... It's still, you know, you really have to pay attention when you get into five or six riders. If you get more than that, things can get really pretty cumbersome and you run a lot of risk of like running into each other and damaging each other. Um, and kind of the big the classic example is I do a lot of U-turns. Um, you know, that's what happens, whatever, deal with it. And if if you need to U-turn and you have like eight or ten riders, it becomes it becomes like a, a circus. And, and people fall over, people go out, you know, it, there's always one, there's always, there's always, there's always one has trouble. You know, people are looking in every direction. They're trying not to get hit by trucks and so forth. So that is commandment one. Stay the hell away from each other. Don't hold hands. The next week we'll do number two. Yeah. Now this is actually brilliant. So are you open to argument? Absolutely open to argument. I am completely all about the minimum of two seconds, more if necessary. Right. A school bus, yeah, I get it. But if we're really hauling the mail, the school bus won't do. That's true. It should take you at least two seconds to reach the object the rider ahead of you just passed. Minimum. And that's if your attention is on high alert. Like you've just done the double shot coffee thing or whatever. And otherwise, it's like three seconds ain't bad, five seconds, whatever. But the whole idea is that whatever you're counting as it goes by, you reach that telephone pole, you should be able to 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, me. You know what I mean? You're right. That grows with speed. And if there's anything we won't ever admit to, it's that we're all about speed. <laughs> well, you know, to figuratively, to some extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right fast. Right fast. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. Go, right go, go, go. yeah that's, a great way to, that's a great way to think about it. Um yeah, and like like the school bus works at quasi legal speeds, and you know, but you know there are times you need more, and and yeah, and you also those times when you need to count those two seconds, and it's like a you know a really long bus or it's an airplane. Um, those are also the times you have to really. It's it's better to you need all your attention, and it's better. You know, the, the further away that guy is, the better. Yeah. You know, the less you're, you don't want that red mist to come down and start competing. You don't want to think, oh, I can, I can, I can do that too. You know, you don't want to base anything you're doing off the guy in front of you. 
So the more the speeds come up, the more seconds, you, you know, the two seconds is like the absolute dirt minimum. You know, more than that is even better. The red mist is delicious, so long as you're by yourself. <laughs> so long as there's enough space, just enjoy yeah, enjoy all of it. Very cool. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. That's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For Radio TRO, I'm Brian Ringer. And I'm Robin Dean. Safe travels, everyone. Safe travels.